you're a classic example of the inverse ratio between the size of the mouth and the size of the Doctor Who podcast. Hello everybody, it's Scott and Phil here once again. Say hello Scott. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Yes, Scott's going to give us these little uh, thoughts now on Eve of the Daleks, the New Year's Day special. What do you think of this one, mate? It was really good. Okay. You said to me before we started recording... It wasn't the best. It wasn't the best. That's why I didn't say it was brilliant. Why wasn't it the best? Because it just... some, Some of the parts weren't really explained... Because I don't know if it was me, but there was a part in the episode where part of the lighting went blue, and then part of the lighting went blue. Yeah, and then the what doctor was that? And then the doctor was in another area, but then it wasn't mentioned again. Well done. What? But, but was that was that at like, the end? No, it was kind of on the third plot part. Oh yeah, well they kept going to different points though, didn't they, to try yeah. and um, um, stop the Daleks from from killing them, trying to change events, but it didn't really work, did it? No. So what do you think to the Daleks? Um, I liked the new giant exterminator thing that went killed mm-hmm. all the people at once. What what are they called, those Daleks? Executioner Daleks. Execution Daleks. I don't think they actually named us that in the in the programme, but um, if you read all the, the stuff about the show, I think they were called Executioner Daleks or something like that. I wonder what other Daleks they might put in the future. I don't know. I'd like to see the special weapons Dalek come back again. I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, you do. It's the one with the massive big gun from Sylvester McCoy's story. Oh, yeah, the rocket launcher. Yeah, it looks like a rocket launcher. It's one, it's one great big Dalek gun, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. very big. It's like a tank. So what else did you So what else did you like about either the Daleks in? I liked some of the characters. I, I don't know what happened with the TARDIS. I don't know why it just went all in this lava motion, just because it was resetting. I was I expect I I was thinking in my head, is it going to change in exterior because it's resetting? I was like, is it going to? That was a bit weird, that bit, wasn't it? Why it was starting to yeah. crack on the outside. Even though the Doctor did that in the flux, did a, a quick reset. That was in the middle of it, though. Yeah. So I don't. But she already done that, so. How, I also, that. I wish they would explain what happened to the planets in, in this episode, because they're still gone. Mars. Well, even though it was Jupiter, its, it was Pluto. Its, well, it was its own story, but obviously it was still a knock-on effect from the flux, wasn't it? Because that's how it all yeah. started. It was the TARDIS that was did, creating the time. How loop. did Earth not know about the flux? Well, good point. Don't know. 
Because it couldn't have been. It wasn't explained, was it? Because he had all those. He had all the um, yeah. Lupari ships making a shield around and the Earth. Sontarans and eating chocolate Sontarans. I know. Everyone just seems to have forgotten about that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Oh well, never mind. I think the flux is done now, mate, for the time being. No. Yeah. So anyway, never mind about the flux. What about this? What else did you like? Um, I guess I liked the ending. All those like fireworks. Hmm. That and was that, like New Year's Eve, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. But I don't know. Just, I, I'm going back to the flux again. When I said something in this episode about I've been travelling with you for four years, mm. in the flux they were, but the, how could they have gone to 2022 if it happened for four years straight? Because Dan was travelling with Yaz in the past, wasn't he? Yeah, for in like nineteen oh two or whenever it was, he wasn't travelling with the doctor for long before they went back in time. He's only there for a matter of days, um, not even that, and then they went back to nineteen oh two. That's why he said um, that's why he's travelling for four years. Ooh, ooh, la. Yeah. Um, I wish Kate Stewart may have been able to come back and do something in the episode or something. Just, why? Just because. She did nothing in the <laughs> So she thought she could have done so. Well, they couldn't do anything in this episode because they were all stuck in that one place, weren't they, in that yeah. time loop, so they couldn't, they couldn't get out. Yeah, it was kind of annoying for them. Yeah. Why was there a falsehood around it, though? The Daleks did that. No, I thought... To the stop tar- the do- no. no, it said that the TARDIS did no, that. No, the TARDIS was creating the time loop, but the falsehood around the building was created by the Daleks to stop people getting couldn't out. Couldn't they just take off the TARDIS? Well, they couldn't because it was resetting, wasn't it? Remember they, when they run out and it was all collapsing in on itself, wasn't it? It was resetting. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you remember? Oh, I wish it would have changed back to that first Doctor Tardis. That would have been cool. Well, you and me both, because I was hoping for the same, but not going to do it now, are they? Because she's only got no. two, two more episodes left to go and that Tardis will be gone. I, They'll I have wish, a new one. I know I'm not talking about um, the episode here, but I wish when she regenerates, it they don't reset Doctor Who. Because that wouldn't make sense. Because then you would have to go from 1A, B. Because mm. it would be like... Doc- so the first Doctor would have been 1A. Yeah. And then if you reset Doctor, it would have been mm-hmm. 2B, 3B, 4B, 5B. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. Because then yeah. they would have to call the other Doctors 1A, All right, we'll get the message. I'll get the message. But yeah, I understand what you mean. Oh, who knows what's going to happen? We'll find out. Is that all you've got to say about either of the Daleks? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So what is the Scott rating? 7.5. That's not the best rating. Not the best. No, but it's, 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 it's fair, isn't it? It's yeah. fair. It's fair. I've got a funny feeling that I enjoyed it more than you did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, everybody. That's it from me and Scott. So bye for now. Goodbye. Episode 335A, A for USA, I guess, because we are the American audience on the other side of the pond here. Uh, So, welcome, Michelle. Welcome, Brent. Happy New Year. Happy New Year.
Happy New Year, Drew. Great to be in the camper van with you. We are just coming off of it, having watched, of course, Eve of the Daleks, but also just coming off of having listened to the episode of review that Ian and James and Phil did, which I have to say was a delight. Uh, I don't know if either of you have had a chance to listen to it yet, but but uh, if you have not, the spoilers, and I'm sure the, our listeners have all heard this, spoilers are that all three of them enjoyed Eve of the Daleks, and it was a doggone fun conversation. They laughed. They All three of them, can you believe it, were laughing no. together in the camper van. I cannot believe it. <laughs> I, uh, and, until I hear it for myself, I just can't believe that any of those three enjoyed anything? No, I, of course not. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited that they enjoyed it, and I, I am looking forward to listening to it. But as I just finished the episode like two hours ago, I haven't gotten mm. a chance to to listen to it. So I'll, I'll take a gander after we have our our little back and forth, and then we'll we'll see what happens. So who wants to begin with Eve of the Daleks? I think Brent should begin because Brent Brent texted me and said I can hardly wait to talk about this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So here's your chance. Here's my chance. Um, I have to say I really loved it. I thought it was uh, possibly one of Chibnall's best episodes uh, or scripts. I mean, um, I love the concept of the shortening time loop. They got a minute shorter each time because it provided a lot of tension. Um, until the last couple of times when they felt they had time to stand around and talk about life. Um, <laughs> that was the only <laughs> that was the only negative thing. Really, that's the only negative point I have about this episode. I thought it was really funny. Um, the romance that we'll talk about, I'm sure, with, with uh, the Doctor and Yaz was finally addressed by Dan. And... Um, I'll 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 keep quiet about that for now because uh, we got our predictions episodes coming up and um, I have I have one about that, but I, I did I I really liked it I enjoyed it a lot. Michelle, did you like it? My experience of the episode was I think a little more complex than that. There are definitely aspects of it I liked. Um, I liked that we got a decent self-contained story that seemed to have a beginning, a middle, and an end, even though we went over and over things because of the, the time loop. I thought it was a good story um, and such a relief to be able to have a good story. I liked uh, the guest actors' performances. I uh, agree with Brent that the way the, the time loops kept getting shorter added a great deal of tension to it, which, which was good. I appreciated that we got some follow-up of some of the plot elements that were left dangling at the, at the end of Flux. I appreciated revisiting the Daleks and, and you know, kind of the aftermath and consequences of, of the Doctor's decisions. I appreciated being able to have a little bit of closure for whatever was going on with the TARDIS. Um, so all of that was good and makes this, for me, what I consider to be a good Chimnal ep episode. There were other elements that I struggled a little bit with. Um, I agree that it got kind of preachy at odd places um, towards the end there when, when, when the clock was ticking down. I am not a huge fan of the time loop context to begin with. For me, that gets a little bit old, although this because of the, the shortening time loops, it, it made it more interesting than some, but it, it's just not one of my preferred plot devices. But probably the biggest thing I struggled with was 
the romance between Nick and Sarah, which I thought was very problematic. <laughs> and I just do not, I don't think I have any good positive predictions for the outcome of their relationship. It was, there were, there were some things that were just a little bit odd and a little bit off about that. Uh, I, I know there's been a lot of talk I've seen online about Nick and, and, you know, the concern with, with the trophies and, and all the girlfriends, uh, which does seem a little bit strange, but nobody has really said anything about Sarah. And I think she too is problematic. I mean, talk about anger issues. Um, if they had been characters in their own right, who had been thrown together, I think I would have enjoyed them more than trying to overlay a romance on top of that between them. So so like I said, my relationship with this one's a little complicated, um, but all in all, I think it was a good story, if that, if that helps. I didn't hate it. Well, I didn't hate it either. <laughs> so just a little bit of backstory. I don't generally watch Next Time trailers, and even though the internet spoiled that it was going to be a Groundhog Day episode with Daleks, I had enough time between watching flux part six in this episode that i completely forgot that was happening mm. so when we spent eight minutes with the the two characters uh with nick and sarah and then they died i went wait <laughs> what <laughs> uh and then it got started i was like oh right 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 okay you know, that had been spoiled for me so that's that's fantastic um so uh i laughed out loud at this episode more than i have at any other episode in the chibnall era in general they haven't been funny so uh, that that's got going for you. I think this is the most subtle uh, of the ham-fisted messages that Chibnall has presented <laughs> us with. This entire episode is a story about getting vaccinated uh, and uh, to escape COVID. Um, and it it took me about halfway through the episode. Listeners, you can't see my 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 co-hosts' faces <laughs> when they kind of tilted. So let let me just put it this way: You're trapped inside of a building. And you can't get out. Why can't you get out? Well, every time you do something selfish, you die. So when the characters go to find a weapon and not help each other, they get shot by Daleks. It's not until everyone listens to a doctor and works together can they get out of lockdown. And I, th and it, I would be blown away if that wasn't foremost in Chibnall's mind and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think the actual time loop is a really good way of addressing that sort of idea. It is one of those things that we're all kind of thinking about. Uh, Drew, I don't know if that was genius or if that was the most stretched imagination I have ever seen. <laughs> I can't. But that was great. I cannot imagine that is not. I mean, it's something that we're all kind of sort of thinking about anyway. I mean, you guys know how much I love Daleks, right? I mean, I just can't get enough episodes <laughs> with Daleks. And I mean, when you tell me that for the third year in a row, we're going to get a New Year's Eve show with Daleks, I'm like, oh, yeah, fantastic. What new amazing thing are, can the Daleks do this year? Basically, it felt like it should have been a setup for something I wouldn't like. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I, I like the references to Groundhog Day instead of Time Loop to just show that Dan is uh, it, kind of experiencing this whole genre in the way that he would address it. In fact, I really like the idea that both Nick and Sarah also, um, the Time Loop is such a pertinent story. It's kind of bled into the zeitgeist of our own collective uh, consciousness that, like, they went, yeah, Time Loop. Okay, we're being killed by robots. Like, they accepted it because... Boy, could you imagine how much that this episode would have dragged if they hadn't gotten that concept? 
Uh, yes, I think um, Nick and Sarah are a terrible relationship, and I don't think that's going to last at all. But it's also a show meant for families, and while th- what was being addressed is incredibly problematic, I saw Nick as a character on the spectrum, not as a potential serial mm-hmm. killer. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. No one's to say that he actually dates any of those women. Yeah, for him, it could have very well been someone that he became obsessed about and stolen the knife. I know it doesn't matter. Don't want to read too much into it, but um, yeah, I get it. That it wasn't perfect episode, but I really enjoyed it. Brent, you're absolutely right. When your time is, is getting progressively shorter, shorter, you do not need to have a long series of conversations. <laughs> um, uh, but if you nitpick too much, then who are we? Oh, right. Uh, yeah, we're most of fandom. So I mean, it's I think. As a whole, it was one of the better episodes. I didn't hate it like I hated the other two Dalek episodes from the years because I felt it got to the halfway point and I'm like, I'm still enjoying this. Great. Fantastic. This is bravo. And it's a plot we could follow. So that's that's cool. Well, the only excuse I could come up with for them just stopping and standing around talking about life is because they knew they couldn't get the plan done in this loop and they had to wait. Sure. So they had a little time maybe. Um that's a little retcon in my head. Yeah. But that's uh, <laughs> that's the only thing I could come up with. I mean, again, I just watched it a little bit ago, so I'm just going off of – I haven't gone back and rewatched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't read what the internet had to say about it. I, I know as soon as the episode came out, 1,001 images of, of the Next Time trailer have shown up, which, of course, spoiled that for me as well because, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. why not? Me too. Well, speaking of what the internet has said of it, listeners, we do have some of your feedback. Some of you were right on the spot and got right back to us right away. And so just to just to kind of reiterate what we've just said, here's, a, here's an example. George Stevens says, quite enjoyed it for a Chibnall solo effort, which I think we agree with. And then he went on to say, the we only have four minutes, cast then stop for boring monologues, knocked a point or two off. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. I have one here on Facebook from David J. O'Brien, who says, uh, it's a bit of a different take. He says, um, bit bored, really. At least nothing more damaging was added. I kept pausing it to do other things and begrudgingly came back to get to it the end out of loyalty. So it happened. Also washed the dishes, vacuumed the carpet, starting putting some of my decorations down, and installed a new toilet seat in, which I had for Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> I mean, listen, you got in the toilet seats. I mean, you know, you got to choose your priorities. Uh, yeah. Also on Facebook, Simon Metting said Ashling B was excellent and added some good dimension to it. Too preachy for me, which seems to be Chibber's standard protocol. Um, yeah. I mean, my only response to that is less preachy than say orphan 55 so that's always uh, a good metric uh mark good acre uh hey mark uh pretty good one of chib's best i'm not gonna argue actually i i quite Mm-mm. i quite enjoyed it i it's i don't think it's gonna it's gonna ever be considered a classic but you know solid effort thank you for your feedback listeners and and feel free to keep sending it in uh, you know the usual places we'll probably repeat them at the end but uh good to hear from you Anything else anybody wants to mention about this episode? Who the heck is Jeff? And I'm guessing it's the guy at the end that saw the fireworks? Apparently that's Carl. Um, oh. I was like, I saw the fireworks at the end. I'm like, oh, clearly that must be Jeff. Uh, there is no Jeff in the credits, uh, but there oh. is a Carl. No idea. I, I was going to ask <laughs> if anyone had an idea of who that might have been. So maybe another episode later? I don't know. No, I'd 
He's just a MacGuffin. I think the 13th Doctor finally got her speech. Each Doctor has a speech in the modern era, and I think she got her speech near the end. You think, as opposed to the other things, the uh, the lectures? Is that like a speech versus a lecture? Yeah. That's not, yeah. It's working together is a, is a good speech. Well, and that would, I guess, support your theory about COVID, <laughs> Drew. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that basically cemented my theory about it. Uh, for me, personally, it, I could be completely wrong. Hey, there is something I really disliked about this episode. Uh-oh. Yeah. A Dan has no business um, meddling in the affairs of another person's relationship. Absolutely. It's fine that he talks to Yaz about it, but uh, outing Yaz to the doctor is verboten and bad form, man. Bad, bad, bad form. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't okay. But uh, on the whole, <laughs> everything else, I, I liked him for what little he did in this episode. <laughs> I kind of, I don't know. Uh, him messing with the Dalek and running around in circles just reminded me great. of the old Doctor Who movies and uh, like the first Doctor stuff where it's like, oh yeah, listen, we may have no technology, but it's okay. You can defeat a Dalek by pushing them over. Um, chatty Daleks <laughs> too, really conversational. I remember thinking partway through this that, boy, Nick Briggs is getting a lot of dialogue. I wonder if he's getting more dialogue combined than everybody else in the episode. It was interesting because the Daleks were more humorous than they often are, and yet it was really, it made for fun viewing. Uh, it really, and again, thinking of it as sort of a holiday special, a little bit lighter than some. Sure. I felt like it struck the right tone. No one but Nick Briggs could do a scene in which a Dalek announces that they are not Nick. It was great. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this story did not need them to be Daleks, too. I think that's another thing. Um, I think any any entity could have jumped in and taken that spot. It's nice that it's a Dalek, I suppose, for for fans who want to see them and to keep the license up, or if that's, you know, I don't know if that's fan theory or not, but I don't think it had to be the Daleks. I mean, clearly I would have been annoyed if it was the Santarans or Weeping Angels or something along those lines, but... Ooh, but if you had put the Weeping Angels in that, would you have gotten more time if they touched you? Could you... Would you be able to... <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. That's... <laughs> but that'll be a fun argument for for a, a convention panel later on. Uh, I don't know if you guys are fans of Father Ted. Very much so. Mrs. Doyle was on there as Sarah's mother on the FaceTime oh, call. That's Why right. is that Mrs. Doyle? Yeah. Oh, you know, I should have I should have recognized it. I actually thought she was really great. I love the idea that all the lines will be busy. I, it felt... <laughs> oh, Mrs. Doyle and her Ferrero Rocher. It was a good running joke, but again, I was like, Sarah is terrible to her mother. So Sarah is terrible to Jeff. Sarah is terrible to her mother. Sarah was terrible to Nick. <laughs> it was just, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that relationship isn't isn't going anywhere. But it it definitely was funny to watch. I mean, there's a little bit of Schadenfreude built into that episode. Um, it, it cringy at best. But it, even though they neither one of those characters were particularly great, I felt like they had more personality than the Doctor or either That's the, true. the Doctor's companions have had this entire season. And I don't understand yeah. why um, Chibnall seems to be afraid to give them internal lives as opposed to just having events happen to them. Um, and it's one of those things where, even though I haven't gone back and listened, I've just listened to other people talk about it. And it seems like, yeah, like if you ask me, who the doctor, this Jodie Whittaker's doctor was, I can tell you what she does, but I don't know if I could tell you who she is. And it's a, it's exactly. a, it's a weird feeling to have as a fan. Because you can go back and look at it, actually all 
12, the first 12 doctors and, and pick out, um, a big characteristic or two about each one that sets them apart a little bit from the others. And I can't really think of any for her. She lies to her companions. She's really incredible at fixing things, which I thought was going to be the the human inventive doctor, where like we were going to see her get out of situations by like building stuff and interacting with machinery, which I think is a really cool and idea that hasn't mm-hmm. really been done, really explored. And it, it kind of it feels like it's a we're always interrupting her fixing something right as the plot is happening. So it's it's sort of like she doesn't solve the problems doing it, but it is a part of her personality. I also think part of her personality is that she is private. Very. And I I don't know why she can't doesn't have the right to be private. I mean, all these episodes that keep talking about trying to get her to share her feelings or talk and and why? Why does she not have the right to be private if she's yeah, private? Yeah, I agree. <laughs> you know, leave her alone. <laughs> As an introvert, I absolutely agree. I I, I I, definitely side on the doctor for that. Um, though it does seem like when the doctor makes comments like, it's my past coming back to haunt me. What do you mean by that, doctor? Uh, never mind. That becomes problematic because it's clear that the doctor is hiding information from the companions that could potentially solve an issue. But yeah, I, I, I agree. They're allowed to keep secrets. Everyone's allowed to keep secrets. But folks, you don't have to keep secrets. If if you want to share with us uh, what you thought of the episode or anything that we said uh, on this episode, you can always get in touch with the Doctor Who podcast. Does anybody want to <laughs> list how they could do that? Yes. I have a list right here, but I want to give someone else the opportunity. No, no, no. no. That, that's, that's, that's cheating. Feedback at the Doctor Who podcast.com would be the way to get in touch with us through email. You can find us on Twitter at the DR Who podcast. And you can always look for us on Facebook, <laughs> the Doctor Who podcast. Ta-da! Ta-da! That was n- no notes. I'm not even holding the mug that has it written on it. That was just 2022 and I'm, I'm, I'm turning a new leaf, getting things right. <laughs> it's the absolute high point of your year. <laughs> So far, or at uh, all told, we'll see what happens. Thank you for joining us on this episode. Um, if you want to hear more from us, join us in January at Who and Company, where uh, Michelle and Brent and myself, and who knows who else from the DWP, will be joining us as we talk not about the Eve of the Daleks, but the evil of the Daleks. <laughs> And I don't think we can talk about evil Daleks without James. So I think you can probably pretty well count him in, too. Good. That sounds like fun. Thank you, listeners, for joining us on this. We look forward to chatting with you more in the months ahead. Bye-bye. See you next time. Ta-ta. That was the Doctor Who Podcast which you can find at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. If you have any feedback, please send it in to feedback at thedoctorwhopodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Take care.
this pain and regret so i can learn from the tragedy and change the course of this history move through time 